Hello, and welcome back to the Wilkes-Barre Connect podcast, a series that brings you local entrepreneurs, young professionals, and students that are leaving their mark on Northeastern Pennsylvania. We're your hosts, Nick Nsinga and Mariah Curtis. For our second episode, we're chatting with entrepreneur Sam O'Connell, CEO and co-founder of Toonfly. We also speak with Holly Pilcavage, the Director of Operations and Business Development at Cole Creative. And then lastly, we're going to sit down and chat with organizational management grad student and fellow Wilkes-Barre Connect student ambassador, Mike Gambita. The Wilkes-Barre Connect podcast is brought to you by Pepper Jam. Headquartered in downtown Wilkes-Barre, Pepper Jam is a performance marketing solutions provider redefining its category through innovative technology and service expertise. For more information, check them out at pepperjam.com. With us now is CEO and co-founder of Toonfly, Samuel O'Connell. Sam, thank you so much for being here today with us at the Think Center. Absolutely, no problem. So being the co-founder of Toonfly, what influences made you want to create an app that would allow users to discover local talent within their own music scene? Well, it was a process. We actually, um, I'm a musician myself, and I felt like um, there was a lot of great talent in our area, and that's something that if you talk to other musicians and other creators in the area, they'll all tell you the same thing. There's incredible musicians in the area. Um, they go and play shows to empty audiences of just other bands and their friends. So um, the idea was to provide a platform for artists to connect with fans and vice versa for fans to connect with artists all on a local level. So um, part of the inspiration was one of our friends, his name is Josh, incredible concert pianist. He plays and like tears come out of my eyes. He's so good. And he works in a warehouse and carries carpets around. And, you know, he's like, I don't even know if I should play piano anymore. I'm like, are you are you crazy so that was part of the oppor- the um idea was to provide opportunities for musicians like josh or myself to uh, connect with fans and sell my music to them and, and you know make money from in the streaming age um make money from my music that's awesome um being a local artist yourself do you think that gave you an advantage over creating this app yeah, absolutely. I feel like, um, yeah, I've been playing music for since the early 2000s in a family band. We had a little folk band, and uh, now as a, I transitioned to a solo artist, and uh, it definitely, I, I went in knowing what artists need or want, um, and I was able to connect with artists well. Um, I'm not just some tech entrepreneur being like, hey, check out the app. It's this, that. It's like, I'm a musician, guys. Like, let's talk about what musicians need and let's try to make a community and make something a platform for that so you were one of eight i was yes so where did you fall from the one of eight I <laughs> am the third oldest there's actually and when i was in college my mom adopted another one it's uh so i'm one of nine technically oh, five, wow. five boys three girls Five boys, yeah. three girls. And I'm the third oldest. So, third um, oldest, okay. But there was yeah. a lot of arguments going around in that household growing up. Um, You know, there was a pecking order, and I think we all pretty much fell in our line. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and we, we did our best. Yeah, but I won't say that we didn't uh, have our moments. <laughs> oh, for <sure>. absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure. I grew up with three brothers, and that was just enough. Um, So... We're all, you said that you had like a family band where, oh yeah, was it, were all of you or we that'd tried be kind of crazy. Uh, my <laughs> oldest brother, my grandmother's actually a music teacher. She, well, she's a retired music teacher from Dallas. So uh, we used to have music lessons and we'd all go and everyone would say, here's your instrument, here's your instrument. And I tried the trumpet and the violin and the drums and I was terrible at all of them. But uh, uh, with my background in storytelling and filmmaking, I was able to, you know, write lyrics and melodies that I kind of liked. So I ended up being a singer. My brother's an incredible guitarist my sister is a beautiful singer as well so she joined the band once she um you know 
started singing and now um i went solo just because my older brother who i write music with ended up having a kid and he was never available for, available for practice so i decided to try my own solo thing and slowly but surely more members of the family started joining that now my brother's back in the band and you know it's the whole gang again so almost almost the whole my whole family is in the band now wow there's five of us that is awesome my brother, I, we always say that my my youngest brother like stole all of the musical talent because literally like me and my older brothers were like, oh, or well, my older brother and my younger brother were like, okay, but Eric like literally could pick up anything and, and learn it in like 10 minutes. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> like, that drives me nuts. I think there's a part of it where uh, growing up, uh, we were pretty sheltered actually. We had very few movies or music. We weren't allowed to listen to a lot of music, but we loved the sound of music. So I think there was like a part of it where we all wanted to like be in a row and, and sing <laughs> like next to each other. So proper. But, <laughs> but that, that definitely uh, was, has influenced me in every aspect of my life, sound of music. So you um, kind of dabbled very little. You said you're like a storyteller. So how did you kind of earn this title? Well, um, I, I, right now my my real job is at Cole Creative as the creative director and uh, production manager there. And uh, my background's in filmmaking. I went to film school in Pittsburgh, and I returned home to um, direct a film that I had written, sort of like a semi-autobiography. Semi-autobiography <laughs> um, about my life. I, it stars my, myself and my five brothers um, as a family, the McDonald's, not the O'Connell's. But, uh, and uh, it's a movie called Milk Mustache. It's on YouTube. But it's, uh, I came back home in 2011 to uh, direct that, and I've been working in marketing ever since. So um, just about two and a half years ago, my partner in Toonfly, who works at Cole Creative as well, he was the first employee, said, hey, they have a one-off video project that they need help finishing. And I just kind of stepped off into doing some freelance work. So I started with a one-off project, and I realized that there was something really special at Cole Creative. And, you know, there was a really open environment. Um, so I, I kind of just, like, set up a desk, and I'm like, hey, I'm just going to stay here, and let's find more video work. And now, you know, fast forward two and a half years, we have an award-winning video team. Um, there's four people in the video team and we're, we're cranking out videos um, full time uh, working uh, and uh, you know doing that on a daily basis. It's incredible. So we always say that instead of marketing, we call it storytelling because as millennials and as young people, we don't want to be advertised to. We want to be engaged with and we want people to hear our story or, or you know, a YouTube video or that has an ad in front of it. If it doesn't engage me instantly, I, I'm going to skip it. So I like to call it storytelling rather than marketing. You want to be inspirational or like hit that emotional level in someone to spark interest. Absolutely. Yeah. So no, that, that's, you have to, you know, in 2019. So, um, so you said that you went to film school in Pittsburgh and you also worked with the movie Perks of Being a Wallflower. Yes, I'm actually right? in it. Uh, sure. Oh, you are? Yeah. I, I, I'm gonna have I, to rewatch it now. Yeah, it's a, you know, it's a blink and you'll miss it moment. But uh, okay. I, uh, I was a production assistant, and then uh, they needed some young people for a pool scene, and uh, I am in the pool scene when uh, Charlie calls his sister and uh -huh. she answers, and she's like, "Guys, be quiet." And I'm like, that's "And there my, you are." My big uh, five minutes. Okay. Of right, look nope. at that. We're gonna have to rewatch it now. Well, I have to go <laughs> home and do that. Swim trunks. <laughs> So, um, okay, so having your little, uh, I guess, claim to fame being in that movie, that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's something you put on the resume or yeah, off the resume. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, uh, so you said that you came back to NEPA to work on your auto, what was it called? 
autobiography. I that's autobiographical, but that's Ooh. that also works, right? Yeah, yeah. that sounds even film. better. I think yeah, that has, cool. has a better ring to it. So instead of like you know being in film school and everything, instead of just going right to L.A., you know where everybody else that wants to be a filmmaker goes to, what made you come back to NEPA? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a really cool. Um, like NPA is incredible. I love it, and uh, I, I love I love being home. But there was definitely uh, growing up, there was this um, mentality that myself and my friends had, where we were like, "This area holds everybody back. I got to get out of here. I can't wait to spread my wings and fly." But um, I just remember being in a bar in Pittsburgh and hearing somebody behind me from Pittsburgh saying the same thing, and I was like, "Hey, what do you mean get out of this area? This is the area that I came to to get out of my area." So it kind of clicked that it was like a mental thing, and you know, it's all about how you look at things and uh, framing. So I, I, I came back with like a renewed love for NEPA and, um, you know, I've been, been here working ever since in the creative field um, and it, it's, it's pretty cool. I, I almost forget where the question is. I'm so sorry. What was it? It was just like, no, uh, the, yeah, yeah, that you, you answered, answered it. It was the reason why you <laughs> wanted to come back to the area. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. I mean, the, the area, it's not like, like you said, everyone goes to LA to do the same thing, but here you can come back and be like, hey, I'm a filmmaker. I made a feature length film and you're in a pool, of, a very small pool and you can differentiate yourself and you can grow your craft and uh and your audience and and do it on a, on a scale uh and get recognition for it on a local level which is really cool and then take those talents and, and expand that is pretty sweet because i feel like uh northeastern pennsylvania is like just growing with creatives now as holly we talked to holly earlier about the creative meetup and it seems like there's a lot of people interested in like making a difference here with their creative mindsets yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think getting the creative community together um, is the next step in the economic development of Wilkes-Barre and beyond uh, because, you know, that we're a powerful group of people who, uh, you know, creativity is culture and uh, every area needs culture in order to entice people, young people and old, to, to stick around and um, make something of it. Do you feel like your um, experience leaving the area and coming back, you brought something back towards, um, back to Northeastern Pennsylvania? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I, I hope I did. I mean, uh, I hope that I, I came back with a renewed energy and a, and a little bit of a exhaustion uh, from, from big city life. Um, I came back and I moved up to Knoxon, which is a little bit far away. If you're familiar with the area, it's about it's about a 35-minute drive. I got some chickens, and I was like, okay, I love it. I work in Wilkes-Barre all day, and then I drive home uh, you know, and hang out with your chickens, see yeah. the stars. But uh, so, so um, you know, I, I hope that I just came back with a kind of a renewed energy and faith that I'm trying to spread around and be loud about. So, do you think that the creative meetup, the second one, is going to have more people at it? I think Holly said there was like 75 people that showed. It was wild because as we were talking about it in early discussing what it could be um we didn't want to say hey it's going to be this because who are we to speak on behalf of the whole creative community so um, i'm sure she even spoke about it but we just wanted to have a roundtable discussion about about it and it ended up being such a large group of people that we had to break up into small groups so i'm hoping that the next one we've got a lot of data that we collected from the first one and uh we're, we're just gonna try to create a create something that's worthwhile for creators and it just encourages um an ecosystem to grow where we all support each other so for our listeners, if they want to connect with you, um, where what platforms of social media can they find you at? Well, I'm on uh, Instagram. I think it's just Samuel J. O'Connell. It's my favorite platform as a visual person. I like to, it, I don't post a lot just because I feel like it has to be a certain level of a photo to get there. But uh, you know, if you follow me, it's going to be quality uh, content. All right. So on Facebook and LinkedIn, Snapchat, uh, just for that fun everyday stuff. And uh, yeah. All right. Well, Sam, it's been a pleasure talking with you today. 
Um, thank you again for stopping by. Absolutely. My pleasure. Hope to be back. Thank you, Sam. We turn our attention now to Holly Pilkavage, Director of Operations and Business Development at Cole Creative, and also a very active young professional in the greater Wilkes-Barre area. We see you making appearances all over social media with your involvement in the community and all the organizations that you work with. Recently, you had the opportunity to attend the first creative meetup presented by Cole Creative and Wilkes-Barre Connect. For our listeners that missed the event, what benefits could they get by attending the second creative meetup on April 30th? Yeah, well, the fun and exciting thing about the creative meetups is that they're absolutely brand new to the area. Um, it's an idea that uh, we've been thinking on a bit at Cole Creative, and we brought it to Joe Boylan, and he helped us with partnering with Wilkes-Barre Connect to be able to provide the space and get the word out about it. Um, so essentially, the first meetup, if I can backtrack before I answer your question, was really about, uh, we put a call out, if you will, uh, to any creatives of any sort. We really didn't put the, any kind of box around it to come on out and help us kind of figure out what could these creative meetups be and where the idea came from in the first place was um, as creatives ourselves and just kind of looking around the community, uh, there's kind of a, a disconnect or a gap there. And I think that a lot of what we're trying to do in the area, especially Wilkes-Barre Connect again, um, is trying to fill in those gaps and make things that are, are important and should be growing and happening and developing in different towns and cities are making sure that they're happening right here in Wilkes-Barre. So um, kind of going full circle there. So we did this call uh, to kind of have a, have a round, round table. And we were expecting like maybe 10 or 15 people to come and kind of maybe share some ideas like, oh, let's have like a writer's round table or, you know, bring your green screen equipment down and we can have a video night or something like that. And 75 people ended up showing up, which definitely showed that there was some sort of need or at least enough people that had the curiosity of like, what could this be? So um, to fully answer your question about attending the second creative meetup, now that we've had about 75 people uh, come to the first event last month, they filled out different forms and answered a bunch of questions. They broke into eight different groups and then presented on, you know, what are the strengths and areas of improvement in our area? Um, what you're going to see in the second and third and fourth and beyond creative meetups is really us honing in on what are these nights going to look like. At their core, they're going to be a forum about two hours per month for creative minds to get in the same space. We don't, again, want to put too much of a box around it. We do want to leave it open-ended enough, but figure out where are the value-added piece is going to come from. So instead of having, you know, Spotlight events through Booksbury Connect already bring in the outside speakers and they talk about, you know, things that they've done and whatever else. But with the creative meetups, we want to bring in other creatives that are going to show you how do you create this thing that, you know, I do because I'm passionate about it. Um, kind of like those takeaway things or having younger professionals or the younger minds or even high schoolers or people in college connect with people that maybe have been in the field for a few years and the people that have been in the field, you know, have older equipment or want to pass some tidbits on or, hey, these are the best sites to find stock images or just basically an opportunity for creatives to get in the same room, share their knowledge, share what they have going on, um, pass things along, and ultimately have these conversations and figure out how to collaborate and then help all of this creativity and energy flow out into the community itself. So, all right. That sounds pretty yeah. awesome. So what were some of like the ideas that you heard um, at the last creative meetup? Yeah. Um, some pretty simple ones. And I say simple, meaning that it wouldn't take much for us to really implement. Um, simply having a directory of creatives in the area. As, so 
about probably a year and a half ago, I bought NEPACreative.com as a domain name um, after Cole Creative did the 52 weeks of NEPA Creatives through that video series in 2017. Because I was like, you know what? This isn't done yet. And I don't know wh- why or like what it's going to be. Um, so I snagged that that domain name. And so just to give you like a real life example, we'll be building out a website to kind of host this directory. And it will be not only for the creatives to be able to connect with one another, but even companies as you know, they're growing and they're realizing the importance of video marketing and social media marketing and graphic design and all of that. They'll be able to say like, okay, maybe we can't go to a full company like Cole Creative to put together a design, but I want to snag a, a local freelancer because they're not familiar with Upwork or whatever else might be out there. Um, so it's kind of helping create that exposure and those connections for our local creative community. Uh, in addition to things as simple as, again, like calendars, uh, everyone coming in, they said with 75 people being at the first creative meetup, if everyone brought one thing that was happening, whether it was a personal event you were hosting as a musician or an artist, you know, having a gallery or something in the community, if you just shared that and added it to our, our calendar and then everybody in the room said, okay, this month I'm committing to go to two other events of the NAPA creative group, then can you imagine? It's just really just like what can come of that, just that support and talking about it and sharing that. So it's two kind of real life ideas that we're going to, I mean, implement within the next four to eight weeks, I would say. Um, so in February, um, Cole Creative launched a rebranding of the company. Um, can you tell us the importance of a company having to rebrand and more importantly, like how do you rebrand or the, the importance of branding yourself as a young professional? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll take that in two parts if that's okay. Yeah. So uh, I think that Um, With rebranding Cole Creative, that was a lot of conversations behind the scene work. even though we spent three months working on that rebrand kind of privately and when I was like, oh, it's a total secret, but like everywhere I was going, I was like, hey guys, guess what we're doing? <laughs> um, so there's a handful of community members that did know that we were going to be rolling that out in January of this year. But really, uh, it just kind of, it was one of those things that every once in a while we'd bring it up like, oh, our logo, does it represent us still? Does it, you know, is it is it going to help us grow beyond the scope of work and um, image that people see us currently in? Things like that. You know, the, no, the name Cool Creative will always tie back home um, we get some beef for it sometimes just because it's tying back to coal and not everyone's happy about that. But it's still our roots and kind of where, you know, we're located and all of that. Um, so I guess it was important for us personally, because I could speak on behalf of us, is that we did need that kind of cleanup, that refreshing um kind of new mindset, that reframing uh, from all angles, not just the company and how people from the outside saw it, but it was also the, you know, the things that people don't see the, behind the closed doors with the team. It re-energized us. We had an opportunity with the rebrand to also internally restructure. So we all kind of came out with new titles, which we didn't make a really big deal out of, like with announcements or anything like that. But it helped us kind of figure out, okay, if we know that we plan on growing, how do we do that and how do we set ourselves up for that growth um, even before we maybe have the other employees that are going to fall like in, 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 in line? So making Matt our lead designer and lead developer allowed for us to bring on Travis as our junior developer. And now we know that Travis and Matt work together and, you know, we just that kind of know that order um, of who talks to who and, and who's working with who. The same with the video team. It was, as we were getting projects in, it was like, okay, you see, you oversee that and you oversee that. But now, as Sam is our production manager, he's able to then pass it off to our, well, uh, our 
production specialist and then our post-production specialist and now there's a flow so um I, it's for four months in and i'm still trying to remember you know the whole flow but it really does help us internally to kind of figure that all out so again it was just kind of that re-energizing that reframing um and just kind of preparing ourselves for the growth that we're already experiencing which has been incredible so that's to answer the first part of it right, any yeah. questions there before i move on um, have you started to notice like an influx of more clients reaching out to you now that you have officially rebranded and you're marketing more? Yes. Um, because again, a- another piece of the rebranding was really taking a look at ourselves and saying, what are we actually good at and what are we not so good at? And what can we kind of let go of and what can we build stronger partnerships with other companies out in the, in the local community for? Um, and just saying, you know, this is what we're good at. In one sentence, when people be like, oh, what do you guys do? And then we're just rambling for three minutes. Like that's not a good elevator pitch. So at our <laughs> core, when people are like, what are you world class at? We can say we're storytellers and all of the services we offer tie into that. So like down to the strategy and consulting, the graphic design, the branding, that's our favorite type of client that comes to us with like a complete blank slate and they're like we don't know who we are and we're like we'll help you figure it (laughs) out so yeah that's got to be exciting being able to create a whole image for a company it really really is and it's just you know yeah there's uh we all kind of learn and grow from it and it's easier it's not much easier for us to really help them kind of get their message out there um so uh Yes, there's definitely been an influx. It's been exciting and terrifying all at the same time. Um, we're all wearing a lot of different hats, and uh, but it's been exciting because we're able to grow our team, and we just brought on another team member that we are not announcing just yet, but uh, that announcement will come out soon. And uh, we're also, we should be moving locations as well in the next, uh, I would say, 8 to 12 weeks. So right, a lot of exciting oh, wow. things coming yes. your way. Yes, yeah, 2019 is our year. I was like, if, if it doesn't work this year, then I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to have to start <laughs> yeah. all over. Start all over, yeah. <laughs> this season. Um, so the other half of that, the importance of branding yourself, that's a, that's a whole podcast in itself, really. Um I always refer to it as, so I've been trying to do the whole branding myself thing for years, even before I started at Cole Creative. I never even thought I'd been working at a marketing company, but I did it more for a very personal reason. And again, I don't have to get too in depth, but if, uh, the best way to explain it is, you know, like when you go on this day on Facebook and it shows you from like 10 years ago or nine years ago <laughs> oh what yes. you're posting. Yeah, like the <laughs> crazy images that yeah. pop up. Yes. Like, oh, images, how immature like, I was. Yes. The like sad song <laughs> lyrics. From or the like, text me, I'm bored. You're like, oh right. my God. Formspring.com, <laughs> ask me a question. Like, yeah, all of those. So... There was just a point in my life, like after college, I just remember being like, I I wasn't always the most positive person, believe it or not. I know people that know me in the community are just like, that girl can't see the bad side of like a a rainy day. And I'm like, well, trust me, I used to. And it has been a choice and it has been years and years and years of choosing every single day to actually be positive. And um, it was really, and I think you guys said you were going to ask me about it a little bit later, but there's this whole project uh, Wednesday that I started. And that really helped me with reframing my own life. So reframing is a, a word I use a lot, not only with Cole Creative and the rebrand, but in my, my personal life as well. Um, and so I decided that, you know, with the power of the internet being at our fingertips and, you know, really being out there, that if I can, if I get to choose my ripple effect, when, what it comes down to. And 
if I'm going to be out there and I'm going to be addicted to the internet and whatever else, like why not make it a, a positive impact while, while I can, I guess. So that's like a very simple kind of broad answer to that. It, there's a lot of layers to it. The importance of it, that's personally, I mean, it now has transferred over into professionally. I mean, LinkedIn, literally two years ago, I think I had like a couple, maybe like three or 400 connections on LinkedIn. And I was like, I am going to focus on building this. So now I'm just shy of 5,000 connections and I just keep going and I'm trying to make them like valuable connections, not like invite just everybody. Random. So I have, yeah, you know right. what I mean? So that's been, you know, a good year and a half to two years of hard work of making those connections. But I can't tell you how many times I go to a networking event in this community or in this region and they're like, I know you because we've been connected on LinkedIn and we follow each other and this and that and you shared that. And um, I get that more than like, oh, I know you because of something else. It's so it's a really powerful tool that um, at least for our area works. Like Twitter doesn't work as well here, but I think LinkedIn does for professionals. At yeah, least. definitely. You can yeah. see it with all the different uh, people in the area. Like I always see like, uh, what is it, suggested connections you should have. And it's like, they're all from around the area. I'm like, wow, I didn't even know like this person was around or yeah. stuff like that. No, it's really nice. Definitely. Absolutely. So um, so you brought up Project Wednesday. Um, so you've had that since 2014. Um, can you tell us where the inspiration came from to start Project Wednesday and how it helped you with your human development as an individual and young professional? Definitely. Okay, I'll take this one in parts as well. And then uh, if you have any questions along the way, let me know. So it actually started from when I was in grad school in my final semester. Um, I was an advisor to a lot of different student groups and what I had learned doing that. So my second degree is in higher education, my first being in business management. So my uh, dream job when, you know, back when I was 23, 24 was to work in a higher education institution, a college university of some sort. So while I was doing that, earning my graduate degree, um, I had started this weekly Wednesday email because spring semester, and maybe you guys can relate as students, it's starting to get sunny and you want to just be out and about and um, you just kind of want the semester to be over so that it's summer, especially if you're a senior, you just kind of want to be out of there, whatever it might be. Uh, so that was just something that I picked up on just being a student myself and, and then being in this role. And Wednesdays are always the hardest day of the week for a lot of students because it's the middle of the week and you're like, oh my God, why isn't it Friday or at least like Thursday, Thursday yet or whatever, yeah. you know? <laughs> so um, just paying attention to that and Wednesday say this for some reason being my favorite day of the week for like years at this point don't I can't actually answer that question why <laughs> as to why I just always was um I started sending this weekly Wednesday email and it was just this kind of like pick me up in the middle of the week hey here's a reminder of the upcoming events let's get excited about it and like a Pinterest quote so this is actually a pretty long story so I'm going to condense it really fast that there was a Tuesday I ended up going and having lunch with this homeless woman um her name was Susan. And instead of the next Wednesday, like the next day, sending out the typical, like, here's a Pinterest quote, I actually just shared my experience in depth with the students through this email. And because when I did that, it ended up getting shared around to different students and my peers and colleagues at the university that people were like, can I sign up for your weekly Wednesday email? And I was like, I guess, yeah, which was good because then it was also helping spread the events about campus and this and that. So, um, kind of fast forward a little bit. I did that for the whole semester. And before I was graduating, somebody was like, you know, you should turn your weekly Wednesday email into um, something that more people can sign up for, like outside of this university now that you're graduating, whatever else. And I didn't take it very seriously. It was six months after I graduated and I was in the real world, as they like to call it, when I was just feeling like a little like, not 
um, I guess like disconnected. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I was, I got a job in my field like right away. I was so fortunate. Um, I had gone through a breakup and I just like wasn't satisfied. You know what I mean? I like wasn't super ha- as happy as I thought I was going to be after putting all this schooling in. And I just had one of those moments where I thought about the emails again. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to create a Google form because, you know, Google Docs and everything is like right. godsend. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, it is. Literally just created a form that was like, if you want a weekly dose of inspiration, drop your email here. Something super simple like that. Shared the link on my Facebook page. In like 48 hours, 100 people signed up. And I was like, this is cool. Yeah. Um, and so I just started sending a weekly email pretty much. Um, I know this is getting a little long-winded. But it was really within the first month that people started reaching back out to me just saying, hey, if you ever like want a, a week off, I'll write for you um, as a guest writer that week. And I was like, oh, my God, that's a great idea. So then I started incorporating that. And then um, – Really, over the last four years, it's ebbed and flowed. It's been – I've even shut it down for months at a time, brought it back because I was like kind of revamping it. And now – I even say now I'm so busy with Cole Creative and all my community involvements that I don't – I technically don't know how it still survives, but my writers just keep submitting every month. I have about 50 writers from 16 states, four countries, and it just kind of survives itself. Wow. Yeah, that grew. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's good. I mean, it's not – you know, there's only a handful of – so many articles going out per month. Like, I'm not going to say like, oh, thousands and thousands, but it's – it's enough that, you know, it's spreading and it still gets a, a pretty good reach. And um, I don't know. I'm, I'm proud of it and, and that it exists. So as long as they want to keep writing, I'm not going to, you know, shut it down or anything. Right. That, so. Like that's the perfect little pick me up halfway through the week. Yeah. It's my passion project. People like have been like, oh, she has a nonprofit. Oh, what, how, what, how do you like, how much money do you make from that? I'm like, no, like, no, <laughs> no, I, it's a passion project. Right. So <laughs> how do people go about like signing up, like to receive the emails? Yeah, we have on um, projectwednesday.org. I created that website myself as um, a personal project so that when I was getting acclimated with Cole Creative and I could understand how a website was designed and made because fun fact, I don't have a background in web design video or any of that fun stuff. Um, I, I assigned myself personal projects so I can learn about that and be able to actually sell the services that we provide. So projectwednesday.org, you can learn all about it. You can sign up. Um, the emails come right to me and uh, I, I'll walk you through the process. Um, seems like you are involved with a lot of stuff. Um, you are like an outstanding young professional. Is there any advice you would give to other young professionals to help them succeed along their path? Yeah. Um, it, find like figure out what you're passionate about. For me, and I know it, it's probably just sounds a little silly. Like my passion is people, and I always say like. Um, Okay, so I stole this from Pinterest too. It's probably why I was like creating all those emails. <laughs> but my personal mantra is legitimately leave people, places, and things better than you found them. Anywhere I've lived, I've lived in a couple different states throughout my 20s, and I've worked at a variety of jobs I've, in higher ed, in marketing. I was a medical biller for a year in New Jersey. Like, what? Yeah. But like, no matter where I went, I always lived by that. So, one, I guess one piece of advice is like figure out what your personal mantra is. So like no matter where you end up, even if it's not exactly where you want to be, like you can just revisit that every day and just like it helps kind of set that motion, you in motion to kind of make sure that you're still kind of pursuing whatever right. your focus is. Right, gives you direction. Is. Right. Um, but then like make, don't like let anybody, and I'm going to sound cliche again, maybe a little bit, but like do not let anybody dim your light. Like you know what's right for you. My biggest thing is like you have to wake up with yourself in five years, like no one else, not your parents, not your boyfriend, not your girlfriend, not your best friend, like whatever, you know, like you are the one that has to wake up and say, I chose the last five years of my life and that I'm here because of this. So even like with earning your degrees and getting that first job, if you're unhappy, then pursue something else. Like don't tell 
anybody how to live your life. Um, you know, I, yeah, you're going to like lose some people and the relationships and whatever else along the way, but I promise you it's totally worth it. And the people like you'll, you'll really figure out who is there to support you and help you grow and, and just wants the best for you. Um, and so, yeah, I can keep going, but that's like my <laughs> two main things, personal mantra and just live for yourself. Seriously. Right. Just find your passion. Yeah, Absolutely. I feel like you attract those people too. Like, you know, the ones that if you choose a different path, you lose those people. But the ones that you truly are supposed to be connected with, you attract. And eventually those are the relationships that you have as the lifelong friends. Yeah, exactly. Um, Well, thank you so much, Holly, for taking time out of your day to hang out with us here at the Think Center. And we look forward to seeing more great things going on in NEPA and you leading the way. So thank you so much. Thank you very much. Coming up on the Wilkes-Barre Connect calendar. Join us on Tuesday, April 30th from 5 to 7 p.m. at the Think Center for our next creative meetup presented by Cole Creative and Wilkes-Barre Connect. Whether you're an artist, musician, writer, developer, inventor, filmmaker, enthusiast, supporter, podcaster, community member, or anything else, we hope to see you there and hear your ideas. Think of it as an open concept, an opportunity to create and be involved with something that supports innovation, creativity, and increases passion for our area and region. You can find more information about the event on our Wilkes-Barre Connect Facebook page and register free online on wilkesbareconnect.org. And don't forget, we'd like to remind our listeners that registration is still open for our next Spotlight event, Innovate and Accelerate. This will take place on Wednesday, April 24th at 5 p.m. with featured speaker Jennifer Maher, CEO of 1776. There will also be video spotlights from Nicholas Welch, the CEO and founder of Smoke Shield System, Jocelyn Sterenchak, coordinator in entrepreneurial services at Canby Innovation Center, and Ginny Scott, Work Experience Coordinator at RestCare Workforce Services, PA CareLink, Luzerne County. You can find more information about the event on our Wilkes-Barre Connect Facebook page and register free online at wilkesbarreconnect.org. We'd also like to remind our listeners that registration is open for our first ever Wilkes-Barre Connect conference for students, young professionals, and entrepreneurs at the Woodlands Inn and Resort at November 17th through the 19th. Register online through the Greater Wilkes-Barre Chamber of Commerce website. The Wilkes-Barre Connect podcast is brought to you by Pepper Jam. Headquartered in downtown Wilkes-Barre, Pepper Jam is a performance marketing solutions provider redefining its category through innovative technology and service expertise. For more information, check them out at pepperjam.com. With us now to kick off our second student segment is Mike Gumbita, an organizational management grad student from Misericordia University, as well as a fellow Wilkes-Barre Connect student ambassador. Mike, it's a pleasure to have you today at the Think Center. Ryan, Nick, thank you so much for having me. So Mike, being that you have already completed your undergraduate degree in communications and have moved on to getting your master's in organizational management at Misericordia University, if you could get in a time machine and go back in time to freshman Mike, what advice would you give him as he's starting out his college career? Well, freshman Mike was quite the interesting experience, mind you, (laughs) but... Uh, no, it was a great experience overall, but I think one of the things that is interesting is the fact that I've been telling students now is don't wait. Uh, luckily for myself, I've been fortunate with a bunch of opportunities in my freshman year that has led to my undergraduate career, uh, as an orientation coordinator, working with some of our student media, uh, and of course being involved in our student philanthropy program. But one of the things that 
I wished I worked on more was a lot more professional networking. Uh, as weird as that sounds as a first year student going through and being like, well, Mike, you should you know, go to events, you should network with people. I think building those relationships would have been really helpful towards the end of the year. I mean, I've been fortunate to, to land a grad assistant position by the end of when I graduated, but I think just establishing more of those relationships and networking, uh, I would have been able to reach out to more people, collaborate with more people and to, you know, do more bigger, amazing things than, you know, what I previously done. Wow. Yeah. I'd probably give myself the same advice. Just get out there more. That's pretty good. Um, many people that know you know you have a passion for photography and videography. Um, when did these interests spark and how did you land your past internship with Cole Creative? So back when I was, let's, let's go, let's put that time machine in perspective. <laughs> Back when I was, let's say third grade, uh, my mom actually brought a camera to my book presentation. Uh, it was a create your own book in third grade and it was about a whale shark. That's so and cute. with that, uh, <laughs> my mom filmed me giving the book presentation, reading my own book that I made out loud. And by the time my mom was finished, I looked, I was like, when did you get that camera? And mom's like, oh, I just got it. Like, you know, just trying it out. And I was like, oh, can I try it out now? I didn't know what vlogging was back in third grade, but what I would literally do was put it on a nightstand, flip the screen around because it had one of those flippy screens, and would record myself talking about whatever I could think of that night, whether it was something on TV, whether it was my day. You know, I I, I should have kept going because I would have been like the world's biggest blogger, vlogger at the time. But uh, that kind of progressed into my middle school where we did our first uh, broadcast on the TV announcements. So uh, we did broadcast over the televisions, closed circuit networking. And then by the time high school rolled around, there was an actual legit TV studio in my high school. Uh, so that gave me a bunch of opportunities learning how to video edit, to uh, learn how to use a camera. And it wasn't until I stopped by Misericordia University as my first college visit. And uh, I always tell my department chair of our communications department, Melissa Scroy, as, as soon as I stepped on foot on that campus and she gave us the reasons why you should attend, I was sold from the start in an open house. And giving that experience and, and all that, it just blossomed and there was some good times and then there was some absolutely bad times as I know some of my mentors have uh, progressed and, and have, can also attest to that too. But um, with Cole, uh, Cole Creative, it was really, I started off as more of a news focus. So I had, you know, wanted an internship in news, wanted to do this, wanted to do that. So I landed one internship at a company and it ended up being that I got a part-time position after the internship. So it was nice that I was qualified for the job. But what was really awful was I, I wasn't, that job wasn't for me. Uh, I ended up actually giving my two weeks notice two months into it. And I said, I, this is not for me. And what happened was in the spring semester uh, of that year, so it'd be 2017, uh, Holly Pilkavage, who was the director of business development at Cole Creative, was presenting in our principles of marketing class. Uh, she came in, kind of gave us the spiel about what Cole Creative was, and I looked at my classmate on my right, who was really good friends with, I was like, I want to talk to her. There's no, the, the worst they can say is no. So I walked up and kind of shared that same story I gave to you guys, and she's like, send in a resume and a demo reel, and I'll see if you're set up. So it wasn't until the following day she was like, okay, like, this is great. Like, when do you want to talk? And I'm like, no, no interview process or anything right. like that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, back when the last internship, it was suit and tie, dress oh, shirt, right. and all these things. And I was like, wow, like, I, I, okay. So had a very nice long conversation about what I wanted to do. And that's where it led to, to the internship. So the internship was great as far as 
the bad experience to good experience. Absolutely. I think it's so important too, though, to have these internships in different areas that you're interested in, because if it's not for you, it's way easier to go in as an intern than it is as a prospective full-time employee where the company's, you know, shelling out all this money to train you, but also you're wasting your time. So it's, it's better as a student to come in as an intern and just figure that stuff out, Absolutely. I think. Um, so just kind of honing down. So you are a Connect student ambassador, just like us. Yes. Um, so what opportunities has Wilkes-Barre Connect given you as a student? Well, I think that kind of goes back on what I should have done my first year was to network a little bit more. Uh, I've met some of the most amazing people being down at Wilkes-Barre Connect, whether it was the events that we've held to just being a part of the student committee. Uh, just realizing that there's so many similar people with the same attitudes and and aspects because, uh, you know, honing into where I'm working at now, there's only a couple two tree, as you say, and, you know, the valley. <laughs> there's only a couple two tree that have that same mindset as you, as the full room of Wilkes-Barre Connect has. And just being able to, to come here every once a month or, you know, going to those events every so often, it kind of really gives you that opportunity to give you more of a relief being like, there are people that are wanting to do great things. There are people that are wanting to expand and basically challenge themselves to go above and beyond the standard, which is work. So thank you so much, Meg, for stopping in and chatting with us here at the Think Center and giving advice to our student listeners about your academic journey. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Well, that does it for episode two of the Wilkes-Barre Connect podcast. We want to thank Samuel O'Connell, Holly Pilkavage, and Mike Gumbita again for stopping by the Think Center and sharing their insight with us. We'd also like to thank our sponsor, Pepper Jam, for allowing us to share with you this podcast. Make sure you turn in next week for episode three, where we speak with a local entrepreneur who's making big moves in the greater Wilkes-Barre area. We're your hosts, Nick Nsinga and Mariah Curtis. And, and thanks, thanks for, for listening, listening to, to the Wilkes-Barre Wilkes Connect, Connect podcast. podcast.